welcome to the 6th episode of Sports Bench on Indicast and we are again in conversations with Ayaz. Welcome Ayaz. Thanks Milan, thanks so much. Yeah, so uh, we meet uh, we met before the World Cup began and now we're meeting uh, you know 10 to 12 days into the World Cup and it's turning out to be quite an exciting one. Uh, I thought we would just preview the India England but I didn't quite expect that we would be first doing the Ireland segment and Ireland versus England yesterday your thoughts on Kevin O'Brien Well, look, I'll tell you, this is among the most sensational innings I've seen. And I would say, uh, in fact, I've done a piece for uh, Deccan Chronicle in Asian Testing that uh, it just completely reminded me of Kapil Dev in 175. In the, in the adversity of the stroke play, the, the precariousness of the situation. And then, of course, going on to win the match. You know, if you lose the match, then there's no comparison. But to win a match of your own back in a very difficult situation, chasing 300 and you know, 327, is a yeah. fantastic achievement and you know Kevin O'Brien I think has taken this world cup by storm exactly and uh, ably supported by Kuzak and Mooney I thought those two guys showed a very very cool head along with Kevin yes in fact the the point of departure with Kapil is Kapil was a one man show here mm. uh, here O'Brien had some support at least and of course the conditions are different this is an easier pitch it's a backing pitch mm. those those are seeming conditions but Look, I think Kevin O'Brien has played an innings of a lifetime. The question now is, can he repeat such a performance and can Ireland do something like this again? Because what mm. we've been watching so far is the Mino team seem to have one great day and then they slump. So it becomes like a one-off performance, you know, rather than... Yeah. Cons- I think the big issue is of consistency. Correct. Uh, we were actually, you know, I was thinking if if these teams get to play T20 with the bigger teams more often, you know, they they know the kind of challenge they have to face too, and maybe then phasing out or easing into the bigger formats of the game would probably make it easier for them. Uh, what do you think? See, my point is this, Nigel, and I have been you know quite vocal about it that uh, and it's it's sometimes misinterpreted. It's not that I don't want the weaker teams to play the World Cup. By all means, they should. <laughs> but there should be a more rigorous qualification process for playing the world cup ultimately this is the you know the highest level of the tournament you should have a two tiered structure where mm. the bottom two teams of the world cup you know are relegated and the, the top two of the lower structure are, are promoted there might be a situation in the in the future where you know even west indies india pakistan australia one of these teams could be relegated but so be it that's how it done in the davis cup that's how it done in football That's how it's yeah. done in all major, you know, World Cups. Absolutely. There is a qualification process. Over here, there is no qualification process. The associate yeah. members have a qualification process where they have their own little tournament, but the top teams remain there. So as it happened in the past, Kenya and Bangladesh and all became regular members, and the other mm. teams were shunted out. Correct. So the standards were not, you know, very different. But where yeah, you're right is, I think in the in the T T20 World Cup or T20 tournaments. You can even mm. have 16, 20 teams because the Absolutely. time taken for each match is is very little. This mm. World Cup is going to stretch for six weeks. That's a heck of a lot of time for anybody to hold hold a tournament. In a in a sense, it can get counterproductive over a period yeah, of time. Yeah, it's it's too long because you know in the first week I was seeing and watching people had not yet hooked on to the cup and they were like you know please tell me when the knockouts begin. Right now I'm not so interested. Fortunately, India, England, Ireland, England have been interesting today. Even Pakistan, Canada would have been, and I think Canada did very well to bowl them out for 184. So slowly, yes, but then to sustain yeah. that kind of level for six weeks is is a bit too much. So hopefully, the ICC will look at it and you know uh, reshuffle uh, around. 
Yeah, I think RCC is already moving in the matter. They are they're planning only 10 teams for the next World Cup, yeah. which is fine. Hmm. But the point is not that you just knock off the bottom, you know, the, the four-minute teams. I think the yeah. whole process of qualification and therefore it can become, they need in the future to planning, uh, you know, committee to sit and take mm. a hard look at how to restructure cricket so that it becomes globally attractive for, now there are global viewers. People follow it on the net, people follow it on television in real, in real time. So you, mm. you need to feed your consumers to the, to the best possible way, not, you know, not in a chaltahe attitude. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, Ayaz. And, uh, you know, uh, going back to, um, uh, you know, the two best matches, I think, so far of the World Cup, uh, This is, are these the kind of tracks we are going to see? Uh, batsman friendly, uh, nothing for the bowlers? Uh, do you expect that's going to be the tone of this World Cup and that could get a little boring? Well, I think what has happened, especially in limited overs cricket, the way it's evolved, is that mm. batting techniques have become better. I think there's more bravado. Mm. Uh, you know, mm. guys like Adam Gilchrist and Sehwag have reshaped the way batsmanship is uh, going to be in the 21st century. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, more, risk, more risks are taken, which means more, more scores are made. Totals are becoming higher and higher. Uh, mm. Again, you know, it's something that I was doing a little research today. In 1987, when the World Cup was held in India and Pakistan, only one match, there was a score above 300 by a team. In okay. this tournament, in the first week itself, there have been, uh, I think, five or six. Yeah. So it's shown I mean, how much you know how much batting has evolved. You know, in 50 overs, people are making almost 100 runs more, 80 runs more per game. That's a heck of a you know. And who suffers is the bowlers. Uh, bowlers I think absolutely. the bowlers are coming in for a lot of slack uh, in in this tournament. And you know, as mm. scores are going to be around 300, 320. I think we have to judge bowlers a little differently. An economy mm. rate of you know five was considered five. pretty high earlier. Now mm. I think six is becoming par for the course. Yeah, so, it's and it's not helped so far what we've seen in this tournament by say by India and Pakistan and England teams which have done reasonably mm. well is the poor mm. fielding. So the the poorer the fielding is reflects in the bowling analysis. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because I think uh, India dropped sitters against England. England did the same against uh, Ireland, and I thought uh, the. Best bowlers, uh, James Anderson for England has just not, uh, even Netherlands have thrashed him around. So, he's been a bit of a worry and the bowling doesn't look great at all. On the other hand, I thought that South Africa, Australia, Pakistan have bowled really well so far. Well, I think the two best looking teams so far in the tournament for me have been South Africa and Australia. Because yeah. uh, in, in, in at least, in all three areas, they're looking far more competent than the others. Even Pakistan... Mm. I think they've done extremely well and they're the, you know, they're the sharpshooters in this tournament, as I call them. I think uh, their fielding needs a lot to be desired. They haven't got their fielding right. South Africa and Australia are fielding brilliantly. England, you know, is a very strange situation. I think that having won the Ashes, it's like they've Mm. climbed Mount Everest and there's no more peak to climb. They seem jaded in having achieved the biggest thing that they wanted for them. World Cup is secondary to the Ashes. Very true, very true. And they, they... So, they've been long away from home. Very long away from home. And you find James Anderson getting tracked. I think it's a mental thing. They're not mm. all there for this tournament. They've had the match against India was sensational for Andrew Scouse's innings. Oh, he was wonderful. Yeah, so he and really made you, the difference. 
Yeah, and you know, coming to Andrew Strauss, uh, you know, there were a lot of comparisons between his and Sachin's knock, and uh, I'm not saying Sachin didn't play a great innings, but just purely in the context of the game, I think Strauss stole the show that day. I mean, uh, he was chasing 338 single-handedly, uh, with not much support from everybody around him uh, except uh, Bell, but. Uh, I think he shown, and you know, for me, I think that's a big achievement to overshadow Sachin Tendulkar. I think that was a big achievement from him. Well, you'll be surprised. You know, I I wrote this that he's upstaged uh, Sachin in this match in my newspaper <laughs> thing, and uh, you know, I also got a lot of hate mail for it. But Why? I, I I think actually Sachin, yeah, because you know, there is this whole thing that oh, how can you say this about Sachin? But the point is, I think Sachin himself would have acknowledged that it was you know better innings. It can happen. Absolutely. So on that day, Sachin was a terrific knock, but this guy came and went one step better. Now you know it can over a long career these things will happen fairly often. Very true, very true. But you know we we we've seen some great batting, but uh, I feel Afridi is a mystery. Okay, he was not even going to yeah. be the captain. He becomes the captain. He doesn't bat that well, but he has picked up. 15 almost 15 wickets he's got some i think 10 and 14 wickets in three matches ayas i think he's a revelation yeah i think look he's he's become now a bowling all rounder rather than a batting all rounder that has been happening over the last 4 or 5 years in fact mm. he's more you know hit and miss with the bat and more hit with the ball so in that sense he's he's basically essentially a bowler once in mm. 10 12 innings he's probably made a blistering 18 match but that's you know is becoming less and less frequent What we have seen so far with Afridi is that he has become extremely astute and clever with his leg spin. It's quite unlike mm-hmm. his batting. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got good control. You know, he is in a sense very kumlaish. He's not like uh, uh, Shane Warne. He's not a genuine leg spinner in that sense. He's got a sharp googly. He's got a flipper, mm-hmm. and he's mm-hmm. got that little extra pace which can hustle you. And he's also picked up that slower delivery. So you know, he's becoming a champion. Uh, bowler in the limited over format certainly, and yes. uh, he's a good fielder. And I think I, th- I think he's you know in many ways in this team he's inspirational because he seems to have got uh, you know the seniors on his side. He's got a, the youngsters, uh, whatever else. And I think more than anything else, Pakistan as a team has mm. something to prove to themselves, to their country, and to the cricket world. And I think they're going about this business with a lot of gusto. Lot of guts, so and you know another of their countrymen, uh, their origin, but playing for South Africa, Imran Tahir finally made his debut, and what a debut it's been! He picked up three again today, so he's got seven in seven or eight in two matches. Uh, I unfortunately was at work and I've not seen him play, but your thoughts on him? Because I thought he's he's going to be an exciting prospect. He is already, and I think South Africa, you know, South Africa have been in the past pretty conservative in their tactics and strategies mm. and whatever, whatever else. In this mm-hmm. case, I think they've taken a gamble, brought him and drafted him into the side, and blooded him in the first game itself against the West Indies. And right. he he picked up four against them. He picked up three today. I think he's going to end up this tournament as you know he's a, he's a he's a genuine leg spinner, genuine mm-hmm. wrist spinner, and I think mm-hmm. I think he's got more variety than say a Piyush Chawla or somebody else of that age group and that experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, of course, Imran is a little older than Piyush. He's older, so yeah. He's been around for a while. Yeah, he's been around mm-hmm. for a while. He's more guileful. But uh, you know, like all leg spinners, they need to control. They need to have good control, otherwise they can get tonked all over. And I think yeah, he, which we saw. What I like time, about right? him, yeah, what I like about <laughs> Imran Tahir is that even if you hit him for a couple of sixes, he's not phased. He's willing mm. to take that punishment and come back at you. You know, which is a very Shane Warnish kind of a quality or a Bishan Bedi quality. 
they would love it if you hit him for a hit them for a six because they knew that now they now you fall in for the bait so he, he loves to take risks and that is good and that is so unlike south africa you know they're such conservative players but uh, i think ab de villiers i think they read the they read the situation correctly that you know spin will be very badly injured in india so they they got him along along with johan botha smith oh, yeah. opening the bowling with botha often so you know it's very interesting it's what south africa is doing very interesting and you know um, you see imran tahir shahid afridi adapt to these conditions so well and and you know what's wrong with uh, piyush chawla and harbhajan singh ayaz i mean somewhere one of them has to be a strike bowler they are going to be playing in the final 11 it can't it's not going to be zahir or muna for nehra for sure so you know in these kind of conditions yeah, nehra is nehra is taking you know ever so long to get fit so it's been about 10 days into the tournament and now when you're playing ireland and especially after ireland show against uh, england remember grand swan picked up four wickets against them yeah. it's the pace bowlers who went for a lot of runs so exactly. india will be thinking twice about you know making a change in the team i i suspect that they will play piyush or ashwin uh, you know just to keep the, the those guys uh, you know in a in a tail spin mm. and uh, <laughs> But Piyush, you know, I can only say this about Piyush Chawla. He went for 71 or 72 runs against England. He was a little unlucky. He had a catch dropped. Uh, Virat Kohli had slipped. Uh, mm. You know, he didn't have the best feeling support because of the leg spinner like him. We expect the guys to be going for big shots. You need guys who run hard in the field and you know convert the threes into ones or twos. Uh, he's had a little rough end of the stick. The only the, the biggest disappointment for me has been Harbhajan because he's not been yeah, able to seem to get any turn. He's not troubling the batsmen. He's not hustling them. He's not hassling them. Now that's the problem. You, know, you need your main strike bowlers like Zaheer and Harbhajan to trouble mm. the batsmen. You can expect a Munaf to hold when keep one end quiet. And which he's been doing. But that's not Harbhajan's Very job. Well. Not Zaheer's job. Their job is to take wickets. I feel Harbhajan has this amazing dilemma whether he doesn't know whether to contain the batsman or whether he should go for the wickets and you know let go a few runs. I I don't know if somebody's um, if he's been I mean this is something which is very basic but uh, I think he's been struggling with that dilemma and uh, he's still not coming out of it and that's going to be a big worry if we actually hope to make it to the knockout stages. Well, I think the the good thing is that you know he's so seasoned, so experienced and he has so much success uh, in his uh, in his curriculum white so to speak that uh, mm. you expect him to come good at some stage and okay. mind you having said whatever whatever we said mm. batsmen from opposing teams are wary of harbhajan because they know what he is capable of where mm-hmm. we come from and because we are india supporters we say why can't this happen every day so mm. you know that's the concern for us uh, where the other batsmen are concerned they, they don't want him <laughs> to get into this rhythm But I yeah. can't see India replacing Harbhajan because his value is, uh, as a batsman, his, his experience is there, and you can't have an attack which is so rookie. You know, you, you can't have so many newcomers in an attack. Yeah, yeah. Because when it comes to the current situations, then we'll probably struggle even more. And yeah, I mean, suppose you have Shivisha and then Piyush Chawla and Arashwin in the team. Oh, they struggle. Three people who are complete rookies. You know, yeah, they will struggle even more. They're struggling more. I mean, I know India's coming for a lot of criticism, uh, going by the display on Sunday's match, and you know, Dhoni's captaincy, saying he was not proactive enough, and uh, he didn't, you know, uh, get the fielders in, and didn't, uh, you know, get the bowler bowling right. But uh, I still feel, uh, Ayaz, that I think it's a one-off, and I think um, we we should we should make it to the knockouts and fairly do well after that. Uh, what's your guess on the side? 
Well, I'm, you know, look, I, uh, we can all be hypercritical about India's performance. I thought it was a terrific yeah. game. Uh, we made 338, you know, such a magnificent 100. So, he's, he's really back in great form and looking very determined. Uh, mm. And you have to, you know, give it to Glenn, uh, to Andrew Stouts. The kind of innings he played, you know, right. it's very easy for us, to sit, for people to sit outside and say, oh, he didn't bowl like this, he didn't bowl like that. But the mm. other team has not come here to lose. They've also come here to win. And somebody exactly. will play a superb innings and, you know. I thought India did remarkable to come back into the game through Zahir Khan. Because yeah. it looked at one stage and England might finish it in the 46th or 46th over. Then it yeah. came back and, you know, uh, it, it, I mean, it was a terrific match, all said and done. And neither team deserved to lose after that performance. Absolutely. That, that's how everybody's been saying. And, uh, you know, let's hope we get some more matches like this. And, uh, you know, Ayaz, I've been thinking and watching all the news and uh, no World Cup has been uh, away from controversy. And uh, Ponting managed to do it in the first week. He actually slashed off a LCD. How how can he do that and get away without a fine? It's something which is a big mystery to us. Well, how, I how don't he know. <laughs> yeah. How you manage is very strange because fact we heard that he actually didn't smash the TV. But he threw yeah. his box on it, he, you know, and then he drove the team, which is, which is a very silly, silly, silly thing to do and silly reason to give. But I think what happened or where the ICC is coming from, A, look, he's the captain, so I think he's doubly responsible for him or his responsibility mm. that he should be on his best area. But mm. since it didn't happen, it didn't happen on the field of play. Okay. It happened in the dressing room. So in that sense, it's like, you know, uh, I mean, I spoke to, I have a, I have a friend who's a psychiatrist and he comes up mm-hmm. with this theory that all dressing rooms should have a little zone where, where players can go and vent their frustration and their anger and, okay. you know, whatever okay. else. And they, can, <laughs> and they should buy their own goods which they can smash up. So you want to smash a TV set, you pay for it, buy it, bring it there and smash it up. I know. But, uh, <laughs> so, you know, he, he did make a public display of it. I think that's where he got off with a reprimand. But, you know, these things have happened in the past and they will happen in the future because this is a spur of the moment thing. Yeah. <laughs> you don't go and plan to go and break a TV set. I yeah, mean, I mean, the old style, you know, rock artist used to go and smash up everything. You expect yeah. visitors not to do it. Yeah, exactly. We can't expect them to be so cool-headed. And, uh, you know, as if that was not enough, is today one news I read is uh, where Vaseem uh, Akram has issued a statement saying uh, it's, uh, you know, Pakistan needs to stop the group because... Uh, Af- Afridi and Yunus feel that uh, they should not play the quarterfinal in India. Look, I think that that is a that is an area of concern. I don't know whether it's too late or too early now to decide on this because the interview mm-hmm. was drawn up. And if it ha- if it so happens, India and Pakistan could meet in the quarterfinals and then Ahmedabad. There are issues. India playing Pakistan anywhere, either in India or Pakistan, it's a security issue. It's a logistical nightmare for organizers, there's a huge Correct. demand and clamor, it's a problem of the emotionalism on both sides of, board, of the border. But at the end of the day, you have to go through a tournament, you know, you can keep shifting the matches here, there, wherever, you still mm. have, to, you have to go and play, the two teams have to play. So, I mean, you, you can switch it to Colombo or to Dhaka, but I don't think in the context of this World Cup, it's going to reduce the kind of tension between the two teams, between the players of two teams, yeah. not amongst themselves. But the, just the sheer fact of playing an India-Pakistan match is going to be reduced too much whether it's in Dhaka or in Colombo. 
Yeah. And, and you know, to that is not enough where, uh, you know, I think political parties in Bombay have issued a statement, we'll consider what happens when Pakistan comes to, if Pakistan reaches the final or if there's India-Pakistan final. I mean, seriously, are we going to allow a final to be shifted last moment just because it's going to be an India-Pakistan? I think that would really reflect badly uh, on us as a country and on the political parties involved in such a yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's a reprehensible situation or, or, or statement to make in any case because yeah. uh, you are the host of the World Cup and you can't suddenly pander to some political party saying, you know, this can't happen, that can't happen. In which case, you shouldn't have even applied to host the World Cup because these are problems absolutely. that will always be there. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I think this is, this is the you know, nonsensical dimension of politics in India. But I, mm. I would imagine that even if it's an India-Pakistan final, which yeah. would be one of the great things to happen, I think mm. it will still be held in Bombay. I hope so too. I hope so. And I really hope the BCC and the ICC stay put and they say, no, we're not letting it happen. So uh, just crossing my fingers, though it seems unlikely right now, uh, let's see what happens. Uh, I asked, um, uh, I thought this, as I said in the first, that this would be a dull week. You know, all the weaker teams were playing against the big shots and we've already seen an upset and almost upset today. Uh, but the weekend is huge. Um, uh, Sri Lanka plays Australia. They don't have great uh, uh, relations among themselves. England plays South Africa on Sunday. And now even India-Ireland is becoming a big uh, competition. So uh, how how do you think these matches are going to go before we end the show today? Well, I think this is a terrific weekend coming up because uh, there's South Africa versus England, there's India versus Ireland, and of course there's uh, Australia versus Sri Lanka. You know, I, I think I think India should beat Ireland, as, you know, having seen the way Ireland has played and good luck to them. And I wish mm. them all the best. But I think that they'll find it very difficult to pick up a repeat performance like that. If they do it, well, you know, then in, in that case, they're good enough to reach the quarters at least. The South Africa and England are concerned. I think India, England are under a lot of pressure. Because South Africa yeah. have won two matches, looking damn good. England have tied one, one, lost one, and lost mm. to a minor team. So they're under pressure. Mm. And I think, as I mentioned earlier, I think England's problem seemed to be of gathering momentum and motivation. They seem to have just kind of lost it, you know, before they keep came here. And they lost okay. it because they won the Ashes. That's my understanding mm. of it. And in the, uh, the, uh, Australia, Sri Lanka, again, I think the pressure will be this time, I think, on Sri Lanka because they've lost the match to Pakistan. They're playing mm. at home. They need to kind of rev up. They've got uh, Malinga back and, he, you know, he was sensational as always. Yeah. But if, if Australia can win this match, then I think, you know, suddenly Australia will become perhaps the favourites again. Yeah. But I, I'm kind of hoping Sri Lanka wins. And uh, because this this year, I think we need to see a different champion. I think three is good enough. I think we need some, we need a change now. As as cricket fans, we need a change. Yeah, that's true. I think that we got, <laughs> we've had enough of Australia, you mean to say. I don't think Ricky, yeah, I think Ricky Ponting will go and smash another TV set, you know, if he, if he hears this show. <laughs> Yeah, he needs this this victory very badly to kind of resurrect his own image and career and, you know, Australia's prestige and whatever else. No, I still feel their batting is a bit brittle, but uh, let's see, they might just make up uh, against Sri Lanka, you never know. I think um, a lot of teams are struggling with their opening pair. Pakistan certainly Mm -hmm. is. I think Graham Smith is searching for runs. In in Australia's case, they are relying on Brad Haddon this time. So yeah, hopefully just... he'll come good. But but Shizanga also not too many runs for Taranga and uh, Dilshan as well, except against the Minotin. So they'll be looking for runs mm. against Australia. 
So let's let's hope it makes up for a very exciting weekend, Ayaz, and uh, you know we'll catch up again in two weeks to review the next two weeks. Hopefully they'll be more exciting, and we'll probably know who's making it through and if there's actually an upset being pulled in the World Cup. Uh, as always, it's been great talking to you, and uh, we'll catch up again. Lovely, Nima. Lovely seeing you. Okay. We'll catch up Thanks. again. Thanks. Thanks, Ayaz. Thanks. So. That's the end of our sixth episode on Sports Bench, the World Cup special being brought to you at Indicast. You can follow Ayaz on Twitter at Cricketwala. You can follow my tweets on Ranger Gap blog. And here's Meenal signing off, and we'll see you in two weeks. See ya. Bye.